This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg. Grab a stool. Come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. One of the most peculiar phenomenon I've ever delved into on this program has to do with something that has been dubbed the Mandela Effect, a curious instances in which many of us are certain we remember something a particular way, but it turns out we are incorrect. Uh, the name of the theory comes from many people feeling certain they could remember Nelson Mandela dying while he was still in prison back in the 1980s, and contrary to What many thought Mandela's actual death was December the 5th, 2013, despite some people claiming to remember seeing clips of his funeral on TV. But it's not just limited to Mandela's death. There are enough examples of people swearing they remember historical events, logos, commercial jingles, even the spelling of popular children's television shows one way when it turned out to be something completely different. And there are a number of theories... Uh, as to why this is happening. Uh, some call it simple uh, misremembering, false memories. Others suggest it could be a parallel universe spilling into our own. Author Roy Horn has filled a book with examples of what is now called the Mandela Effect, and he'll join us in a few moments. There it is there, the Mandela Effect Ascension. A look ahead at uh, the uh, the second hour of tonight's transmission. Canada's Edgar Casey, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, will join us once again. He uh, he wears many hats, of course: remote viewer, medical intuitive, clairvoyant, energy healer. He's been called the last of the sleeping prophets, like the great Edgar Casey. Douglas utilizes a a method of deep trance meditation, which allows him to access. The Akashic Field, and he's written about this previously in his book, Conversations with the Akashic Field. Let me hold that up for our YouTube viewers. 
I wrote the foreword. You might want to check that out some at, at some point. Anyway, Douglas is also, of course, a longtime contributor uh, to this program, dating back, oh my gosh, to my days uh, at another radio station here in Toronto back in the late 90s. We uh, actually knew each other previous to that when I was uh, a talk uh, talk show producer, and I booked Douglas on many shows. So he'll be along. We'll talk, no doubt, about earth changes and geopolitics, North Korea, Iran, what's in store. Just the world, let's face it, is just, uh, there's so much tumult going on right now. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll open up the phone lines and uh, take your calls with uh, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell. Right now, uh, just ahead of Roy, Ray Horn. Sorry, Roy Horn and uh, the Mandela Effect. Let me introduce the boys in the band. He's back on the uh, Gibson Flying V guitar. Ian Robertson, Ian had a bout with the flu and he had uh, all four wisdom teeth extracted. Uh, it's great to have you with us again. Ian, thank you. You were missed. On the Rickenbacker bass guitar and occasionally the theremin, the mysterious Albert Wenzel. And on the Hammond B3, Ryan White. Welcome all, gentlemen. And uh, just a reminder that we have set a goal of 10,000 subscribers for the Conspiracy Show YouTube channel. And uh, we are sitting on, uh, what is it? Uh, we're around, is it 6,000, Ryan? Just shy, yeah. We're just shy of 6,000? Come on, folks. Let's, uh, let's um, hit that sub button and let's get that up to the, uh, the 10,000 mark. All right, very quickly, remote viewers out there listening, here's your chance to strut your stuff. It's time for our weekly remote viewing experiment, What's in the Box, where you attempt to transcend time and space and identify the object hidden from view in the cigar box here in studio. And uh, for the skilled remote viewer who correctly identifies the mystery object, a copy of Volume 2 of my Strange Planet CD will be uh, mailed out to you. Okay, here are your coordinates as per usual. The object is again hidden inside the cigar box to my left here in studio at Zoomerplex, 70 Jefferson Avenue in the Liberty neighborhood of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All right, away you go. You must tweet your answers uh, to me at Richard Serrett, S-Y-R-E-T-T. Use the hashtag TCS remote. Good luck to you all. All right. Uh, professional musician and truth seeker Roy Horn has been practicing Toltec dreaming for over four decades. The expansion of his consciousness has been the main focus of his life. The Mandela effect unhinged him from space and time, and the resulting experiences are the focal point of his writings. Roy, welcome aboard The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Doing great, Richard. Is that, uh, y'all have that B3 in the studio with you? <laughs> it is not. I know you're a musician. Uh, I, I sort of, uh, I refer to them as the boys in the band, but I think only, as far as I know, only young Ian is the accomplished musician. Albert, you don't play a musician, do you, or an instrument, do you? And, um, and, uh, how about you, young Ryan? Do you play an instrument? A little bit of piano here Oh, there. there you go. All right. So there is no Hammond B3 in studio. Uh, oh, I was going to say that's a dedication to sound to haul that around. <laughs> uh, when did this, when did the Mandela effect, because this is a recent phenomena, at least as it exists sort of online and, and as when it went viral, it goes back to about, this, you know, 2010, Fiona Bloom blogged it, but... But did you know, was this gnawing at you before 2010? 
Um, you know, that's a good question. And when I um, look back on, on uh, years past, I, I, I catch myself wondering. There's so many things that got so odd and everything. But I, I really had not heard of it um, until... Uh, I be- I became aware of it, let's say, in March of 2016. Ah, okay. But I think uh, that at least a year and a half before that, uh, my life had gotten very strange. And I think I was probably going through this and didn't know it. It's interesting that, that the name, the Mandela Effect, stuck, where it could have been called the Berenstein Bear Effect. It could have been called the Kit Kat Effect. It could have been called the Oscar Mayer Effect. And we'll, we'll talk about all of those examples. Uh, what is it about, for you, was, it, was the Mandela funeral also kind of a, a landmark event? Well, you know, not really. I mean, uh, I, I remember uh, Mandela dying in prison in the 80s. And then, uh, in what was it, 2013? Right. And uh, and he died. In, and I watched the you know the funeral and television. And it never even dawned on me. I mean, I really did not connect the dots. I didn't even sit there and think to myself, "Well, wait a minute." I really did not. And it wasn't until this uh, other, I, I saw some examples of this, and and saw that they were they were calling it the Mandela effect. And then I started reading it, and I remembered that long ago that I, that I did remember Mandela dying in prison. But it was, he wasn't, it, that particular incident or him, it wasn't that big of a landmark thing for me. There are some that are just, you know, bizarre. That's bizarre enough right there. Well, Hugh Hefner just dying. I, I remember him dying about 18 months ago. Oh, really? Also. Oh, yeah. Interesting, interesting. And, and what do you say to people who dismiss this <laughs> as merely... Uh, misremembering false memory, uh, for example, and here's one that w- when we talk about the death of Nelson Mandela and some people remembering that it happened in the 1980s, people will bring up the name of Stephen Biko, who was another uh, sort of victim of uh, apartheid South Africa. He was, uh, in fact, sort of memorialized in, in song by Peter Gabriel from um, former frontman of Genesis, and I think there was actually even a movie made about uh, Stephen Biko. So this is, th- they'll throw that up and, and suggest what you're remembering was the death of Stephen Biko in the 1980s, not Nelson Mandela. How do you respond to that? <laughs> well, it, it depends on how far along you are in this process, because at first, you you know, you will, you defend yourself a lot, and you, and you know, and you, and you try to find uh, corroborating evidence or, or even you start picking people's brains because you you really want them uh, to remember the way that you're remembering, and you would, you know, you would question this for sure if it wasn't that there were millions and millions of people that have the alternate memories that, like I have. Although there are millions and millions that have memories that don't match mine, but don't match this either. It's quite a mismatch. But as far as uh, memory, it's, it's like a some things you could say this or a couple of things I, I i could probably misremember but not all of this and and specific events that that i'm i know that i that i know such as um, the kennedy assassination there are only four people in the um, limousine uh 
in all of my memory. You know, now there's six. Uh, but that's a point that, you know, you just don't, after all these years and seeing that was a Pruder film for so many times and, and, and all about it, it's just no way that you would <laughs> misremember. Right. Let me just ask you. In the middle of that car. Yeah, just let me ask you about that because you, so you don't, as a, a child, and uh, you don't remember Governor Connolly and his wife Nellie Connolly, the first lady of Texas, being in that middle row of seats. No, no. You don't. Okay. There was a uh, a driver and Connolly in mm-hmm. the front seat, and then the back seat. And there was only it was only two seater. Ah, and the Kennedys were in the back. Oh, I see. And what's, the, and what's so different about that, Richard, is that um, you can actually you can go online and find this right now. But that was uh, 1963, and right after that, uh, and probably early '64, uh, Look Magazine, uh, in the, on the inside of their magazine, they did a, an article on the Henry Ford Museum. And the picture that they chose from that museum was the limousine that that Henry Ford, that the Ford Company built, Lincoln Continental, that they built. That's for right. Yeah. That and it's an exact mock-up. Uh, I mean, it's it, 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 a replica of that car in the Henry Ford Museum, and the pictures in there. <laughs> Look, magazine, and it's only a two-seater. There, there you no go. Roy, got to step away for a quick timeout. We'll come yeah. back. The Mandela Effect Ascension. Roy Horn. Right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Quick programming note next week on this transmission blockbusting uh, blockbuster um, author Rabbi Jonathan Kahn he's got a new one out it's called Paradigm and he will be with us for the full two hours uh, which is a big deal because he is in such high demand this is a guy that was asked several years ago to uh, uh, to speak at the uh, presidential prayer breakfast uh, during I, I believe it was President Obama's second term the beginning of his second term. Uh, and uh, Jonathan's a good friend and a good friend of the program, and so for him to spend the full two hours with us is a big deal, and we're, we're happy to have him. Uh, right now, Roy Horn stays with us. We are talking about the Mandela Effect. Ascension is uh, the book, the Mandela Effect Ascension. Uh, let's just go through, I hate to call it a laundry list, but it, it's a long one, and uh, we won't get to all of them, obviously. Uh, uh, but, I mean... There are people in my live uh, chat on YouTube right now who are, you know, going back and forth about the Berenstein Bears. And uh, I have, uh, you know, young children. We watched the Berenstein Bears. I don't remember it being the Berenstein Bears, but I always just dismissed that as me misremembering. But again, if it was just an isolated case of me and a few other people, but there are <laughs> legions of people who remember the Berenstein Bears, and it is not the Berenstein Bears, it's the Berenstein Bears. Roy, if this is real, wouldn't someone have it on tape? Is there a VHS copy out there somewhere with the the Berenstein Bears on it instead of the Berenstein Bears? Well, yes, there are. That... um called residuals we call it residual evidence but and it shows up all the time there's uh somebody will find uh 
it started off by, I think, a lot of people searching old, uh, like, TV guide or uh, and to see how it was spelled. And uh, you can you, you you can find so much evidence that couldn't be <laughs> they couldn't have just misspelled that show or whatever because there was a television show that by that name. But the um, a lot and a lot of people can uh, have uh, evidence that they take pictures of a um, eight track tape or something. Uh, not an eight track, but a, a VHS. Right. Uh, yes. <clears throat> you know, with the uh, the cover still on it with the, the spelling the way that you and I remember it, not you, the spelling today. You, there's a name for this. You call it residuals. Yeah, residual evidence. And I don't know who started that, but it, it it's important because if things were exactly the way they are now, there would not be this uh, digital evidence. Uh, and, and basically that's what it is. Somebody has taken a picture or something, but... You know, like the last time that we had talked, I talked about J.C. Penney. Yes. And uh, P-E-N-N-Y has always been my reality. Now it's P-E-N-N-E-Y. But you can you can search uh, Google Ads or, or Google, and you can look at um, newspaper ads from back in the 60s, and you'll find it, you know, spelled the way P-E-N-N-Y uh, You'll find it spelled the other way too, but you'll find a whole bunch of it spelled the way that I remember it. And and this, this is close to home. This is close to home for you because was it your sister that worked for J.C. Penney? Yeah, her very first job, and I remember that quite well. It, you know, it was kind of a, uh, it, a, a big deal for her because it was her first job, and I, you know, I remember going and uh, and seeing where she worked and stuff like that. It was it was kind of a big deal for her. At a very, very young age. But I remember how it was spelled. The other one, now, you see, I'm not with, you know, uh, with you or the others on Mandela because I remember, I don't remember him dying uh, in the 1980s. I remember, again, Stephen Biko. Um, yeah. But here's the one that I am with you on, um, and that is Oscar Mayer. I mean, I grew up watching, I wish I was an Oscar Mayer wiener, and I remember, the, uh, my, my wiener has a first name. It's O-S-C-A-R, my... Hot dog, or my wiener has a last name. It's M E Y E R, not M A Y E R, but that is how it is spelled today. (laughs) So I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Well, hey, let me tell you this. Since the last time that we talked, Mm -hmm. um, uh, another one's popped up. And this just, I just learned about this one last week, so I don't really know. How long it's been around? Because I quit. I don't really search for these things anymore. But I do remember um, Mike Tyson biting the top uh, right ear off of Evander Holyfield. Uh, that was a big deal. Sure. Hell, he bit that ear off, spit it on the mat, and they called the fight. But if you look at it now, it not didn't happen that way. Now, now in this reality or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> uh, Tyson bites Holyfield on the right ear. They stop the fight, no blood or nothing. They take two points away from from Tyson. This whole thing took about six or seven minutes. The referee was really mad. They took two points away from Tyson, which is a, a big deal in a championship fight. Right. They started the fight again, and Tyson bit him on the left ear, and they called the fight. No blood, no missing parts, 
and that's not the way I remember that. No, I remember blood. Uh, I, c- I certainly <laughs> remember blood. Now, when you say this has just popped up, what do you mean? You've se- you've recently seen the fight on YouTube, or how did it p- pop up? Our, uh, uh, people, I'll see somebody talking about it on uh, on uh, YouTube or uh, or Facebook. There's a one Facebook uh, page or whatever I go to ever so often because that's all they do is just state people talk about. Uh, the new Mandela changes or whatever. And so I, I saw this one last week. I don't go to the Facebook thing that often, but so it may have been, been a while that's been up there, but I saw it last week. The other one I wanted to mention to you was the was uh, Ford, the Ford Motor Company and right. the, the, uh, the, uh, the logo of Ford, which apparently has never changed ever in the history Not of Ford. You? If you look at their their history, they say it's been that way since 1912. Right. But I don't remember. I I remember the in the capital F, um, the cross part of the F being a kind of not even a, not not a square thing, but almost a little banner looking. But now it's uh, it's just straight across, and but on the inside of it, it's got a little curly cue like a pig's tail. Right. I I, I don't know. <laughs> that is not for my reality. I grew up around Fords, worked on Fords. My dad owned Fords. I bought Fords. I, I, it just blows my mind that, you know, when you see that, you go, no, 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 that's not right. And so, you know, if you go online, you see that it's always been that way. Uh, but I pointed it out to a Ford dealer, and he it, it surprised him, and he, he was a dealer. Now, is there any residual evidence of the Ford logo the way you remember it do you have a for example a photo of you in front of your one of your ford vehicles with the with the old logo no i do not the people that uh, the residual on the ford that i've seen you know besides tattoos <laughs> we won't count those <laughs> but like uh, i've seen it um done the correct way not on a vehicle but it would be in a an item that maybe a um uh, uh, some kind of a salesman would carry it around or something. Instead of a real vehicle, it was on a model or something like that. When you there's, say the correct several, way, you mean the F sans serif, as we say, without the curly Q. Right. right. I say the, to me, that's still the correct way. That's, that's the correct right. way. Okay, just so we define right. our terms here. I'm not buying, I'm not buying into any of this. So. <laughs> when I say real, that's what it right. is to me. Right. What, although there is no reality anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Well, that's interesting. There is no reality because you talk about how you became unhinged. Let's yeah. walk us through how did that happen for you? Well, for 40-something years, to make it very quick, I have had an a unbending uh, intent on personal freedom through the raising of consciousness. I don't know why. I don't know why I was bent that way. Uh, a lot of things that happened to me back in the early 70s with psychotropic drugs or plants or whatever. But I've just always been bent that way. And I got into this um, is basically Toltec dreaming. That's how, how I started. But you kind of have to forge your own way. But anyway, I was hung up. And when I say hung up, on, I was hung up on stopping the world because the reality that we know uh, what we're in, operating in right now is just formed uh, by the collective consciousness of the planet, but uh, more specifically by your internal dialogue. And if you can control the internal dialogue, 
which you learn through dreaming techniques, then if you can shut your eternal dialogue off <clears throat> without going to sleep, you can stop the world. You can see this world will melt away, and you can see the real energetic world. Well, in order to do uh, something with that, instead of just uh, viewing it, in, in order to uh, manipulate it or maneuver in it, um, you, you have to eliminate uh, your belief system that is holding you grounded here. And part of the techniques that I was having trouble with uh, in, in, in getting rid of this belief system was um, erasing personal history and recapitulation. And recapitulation is kind of like releasing karma, I guess you would say, but it's, it, I guess it's like reliving moments, but actually reliving them and, and letting it go. It's kind of a difficult thing to do, but more harder than that is erasing personal history. How do you do that when everybody what? around you you have a personal history with, and that the very vibration of those thoughts holds you in place? You're, it very sounds like you're talking about the matrix that we are living almost. in a in a digital simulation. Is that? It's very close. But mm -hmm. what the what the Mandela effect did, but when I figured out that this is not where I'm from or whatever. Um, it released the uh, all of my past, I guess. It, it did all that I've been trying to do. It did it for me because I have no personal history here. Even though everybody that wants around them, they know me forever. I'm not, this is not the reality or whatever. But it, it, it was just enough, I guess, with what I'd been doing for 40-something years to <clears throat> stop the world and allow me to have a uh, <clears throat> several uh, visions of uh, uh, you know, the true nature of reality and the energetic world that we actually live in. So at this point, you it's almost as if you and legions of others have had this aha moment where they have caught who's ever sort of behind this. We've, we've, we've caught them in their own act. We've caught a glitch here. Uh, are you are you at all interested in trying to dig up more of this residual evidence, or have you are you beyond that at this point? Oh, I'm beyond that. Uh, the what has you know happened, Richard? Is the we're in a cycle, I and mean, there's all kinds of cycles, but we're we're at a very um, a wonderful place to be because we're in a period in which. Uh, what the old, the Totex and the people before the Totex, the Miakas, they had these sons. We should just, sorry for not, the interruption, Roy, we should point out the Toltecs sure. were a civilization that lived in Central South America before, well before the Mayans and the Aztecs. That's correct. And um, they had the sun cycles uh, pretty well nailed down. And so what we're coming into is a new sun, and then, and I'm I'm talking of consciousness, and that started around 2000, be totally in place uh, 2020. But during that time, the old sun, the old consciousness, dies away, and in that period of time, is much much uh, turmoil, wars, and uh, just crazy weather, and people just being nuts. And that's the period of time that that we're in right now, <clears throat> and so automatically. The world at this time, the collective consciousness starts waking up when these sun cycles happen and the control matrix falls away. 
so that's what's happening. The people that are experiencing the Mandela effect, they're, they, the veil, so to speak, the matrix is falling away. The, the, what's uh, difficult <clears throat> is that uh, the the powers that be and uh, and who controls them have known about this for eons and have prepared for this period of time. And we are in a period of time where the choice has to be made. You're going to be human and, and evolve into the human world, or you're going to be transhuman and evolve to the human computer world. Wow. Uh, why... Why would the matrix sort of hang on? I, I know that's it's not an exact analogy, um, but let's work with that because I think in terms of pop culture, that makes sense to a lot of people. Why would it all sort of rest on things, pop, common pop culture references like Oscar Mayer Wiener or the Berenstain Bears or the Ford Motor Company logo? Why would it be something like that that grabs our, uh, you know, that, that whoever they are, uh, that are that are sort of downloading this reality. Why would would they slip up on those sorts of things? Well, I don't I don't know that they're slipping up. You see, I think that um, I think because um, because of what is naturally happening, and as far as um, reality changing before our very eyes, um, I think that. <laughs> They're so far ahead of what we can even dream that they are. And I do believe that, uh, by which we can get into later Hazard in it, but that what they're, what they're doing is a way of uh, uh, to keep uh, people focused on that instead of the actual uh, spiritual consciousness change that is supposed to be happening right ah, now. Ah, I got you. All right, listen, we'll... Uh... Step away again for a moment and come back. Discuss further the Mandela Effect Ascension with Roy Horn. The uh, results of our weekly remote viewing experiment is just moments away as well. What's in the box? Final reminder. Send your answers to me at Richard Serrett, S-Y, because I love you, R-E-T-T. Use the hashtag TCS Remote, TCS, as in The Conspiracy Show. Poking holes in the darkness. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To see the light, call Richard now at 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. Roy Horn is here. We are talking about the Mandela Effect. His book is called The Mandela Effect Ascension. We'll get back to that conversation Momentarily, just a reminder, coming up in hour two, the man with X-ray eyes, Canada's Edgar Casey, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell will be here. Uh, this is not his latest, but this is a, a previous book called Conversations with the Akashic Field. You may want to check that out. You can uh, purchase that through Douglas's website, 
douglasjamescottrell.com. And a funny thing, I wrote the foreword. There you go. All right, it is time for our uh, results for our weekly remote viewing experiment, What's in the Box. Let's go quickly, as per usual, around the horn. And uh, Albert, you're a little, or uh, rather Ian, I know you're, you may be a little rusty. You've been, uh, <laughs> you've been sick and so forth. Uh, but uh, what do you think is in the box? Uh, as soon as you brought it up at the beginning of the show today, I saw keys. Keys? Yeah, a set of keys. All right. And uh, Albert? Uh, I think you slightly gave it away earlier when we were at the pub. We were talking about the Harvey Weinstein scandal. So I, I, I got a ping from the universe that it would be like an Academy Award statue. <laughs> Interesting. I think we did that one already. We did the Academy it, it's Award. It's a recurring, <laughs> a uh, recurring it's a object. All right. Okay. And uh, Ryan? I only saw salt like the ocean. Salt like yeah. the ocean. Like a seashell or something. All right. And but, what, are the, what, what are our friends in the uh, uh, online saying? Uh, yeah, some, some interesting sites. A couple people have guessed a compass. Billy's guessed a compass. Alien Babel sees a book. Uh, Daniel, a screwdriver, drew something Egyptian. Ed sees a cigar. YY sees pink scissors or a green cube. Uh, Mojo thinks there's a frog. Uh, Dar, a baseball. Scott, an orange. Uh, Michael, an orange as well, a plastic toy. Ant, the DVD. Kyle, another compass. And Clancy sees a candle. All right, I have to say, Albert, you're close. Uh, it's not an Academy Award, but I, I noticed when I was monitoring the, the live chat on, uh, on, you, on the YouTube channel that uh, someone was um, sort of riffing on the whole Mandela effect and uh, mentioned something about, you know, does, he, does Roy remember or does anyone remember an alternate universe when the Leafs won the Stanley Cup or something to that effect? And here we are, the Stanley Cup with the Toronto Maple Leaf insignia on it. Uh, so there you go. So, Albert, kind of in the ballpark, not an Academy Award, but it is, in fact, a Stanley Cup. Can we see that on the YouTube? There we go. All right. Now, I'm not sure who what that was in the uh, the YouTube channel, but it was not an official uh, an official guest. So, but he was uh, he was on to something, obviously. All right. Uh, again, just a reminder, Douglas Cottrell coming up in the second hour. Let's get back to our conversation just for a few moments. This is a short segment. Roy Horn stays with us, the Mandela Effect. Just to give us a, a couple of others uh, here that, that are mentioned in the book. You mentioned J.C. Penney. We mentioned Ford, Oscar Mayer. We mentioned the Berenstein Bears, of course. Is there another one? Uh, you mentioned the, the, uh, the presidential limousine, the Kennedy limousine. There were only, you remember, four people in the limousine, which would be the president, the first lady, Governor Connolly, and the limo driver. Uh, any others, Roy, that to leap immediately to mind? Well, besides just uh, logos and stuff, um, world geography. The whole uh, geography is totally different. Ah, yes, uh, I remember this now. Yeah, <laughs> South America is fifteen hundred miles too far east, and when you pull that up like that, it makes um, uh, Panama. Kind of uh, tilt to the east, and it kind of and it pulled uh, Mexico. And uh, what I'm getting at is now Cuba uh, was not that close to the Yucatan, and now it's as close to the Yucatan as uh, as it is to um, uh, Key West or Miami or wherever. And you're remembering uh, what your 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 public school days studying an atlas or a globe, or what do you re- what's your right. reference point? Yeah, you know uh, what I've always known just from, you're right, from geography, what has been put in front of me. And incidentally, I have no way of knowing. You know, I don't, 
I, I'm not a, I can't map out the world. So I'm just showing what they see now. But here is the field. Like I have um, a globe, a rather large globe that I've had for many years, and it changed. The, um, my personal own globe is different. I remember like Chile being north and south lining up uh, with Texas. And now it's way, way far east. Um, Australia used to be down under. You couldn't get there from here. Uh, <laughs> it was a hard place to get to. But now it's you can hit Indonesia with a rock from uh, Australia, which changes everything because it changed history in this in where we are now. And I'll tell you why. The uh, Midway Island was a an island halfway between uh, Hawaii and Guam. Very important in World War II. Sure, sure. Well, in this reality, Midway is part of the Hawaiian chain. Well, if that happened, in my the old reality that I knew, when uh, MacArthur left the Philippines, he went to Midway. Uh, and there wouldn't be no need for Midway if uh, Australia was as close to Indo. Uh, Nisha as it is in, in the present day, and that's exactly what happened. Right, right. Uh, according now, uh, MacArthur did not go to, to Midway. MacArthur went to Australia, and they could do all their bombing runs from Australia. They didn't need to have that Midway, you know, halfway between uh, uh, Hawaii and Guam. But Midway being part of the Hawaiian chain just just blew my mind, and it, and and I that's and I've. I thought, well, that, what does that do to history? And that's when I looked it up, and sure enough, it, you you state it totally that you changed in, it. in the dedication to your book that you wrote this for your two sons because you wanted to explain to them what was going on. Uh, what right. do your two sons think of what Dad is on about these days? Well, well, you know, they're cool boys. They're they're thirty years old, twins, and uh, they've. <laughs> You know, they've seen, they, they know that they have a, an unusual father. I've never been in a society I would have been, you know. I was a Little League baseball coach and a football coach and very active in church. That was before peyote. <laughs> no, 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 no. This was a, much after. Oh, okay. But I did a, yeah, I, actually, peyote was back in the early 70s. Ah, okay. And, and then uh, never again. Um you know, for about an eighteen month period, uh, but uh, doing it the, the correct way, not right, not right, no, right. no, I wasn't being glib. I just, but uh, that was. Oh, I understand. But my boys, and they know all about all of that too. But they understand that I'm that uh, that, that I'm a, a different person than what the, the society and everybody, and everybody sees. All right, we'll uh, take and another I, time out, Roy. We'll come back and uh, continue sure. to discuss the Mandela effect and. Uh, We'll also tell you how to get a copy of the book, meascension.com, the website. Back with more of my conversation with Roy Horn. Stay with us. Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. 
Welcome back. Roy Horn stays with us. The Mandela Effect Ascension, and the website is meascension.com. Meascension.com. We've uh, linked up to Roy's website at uh, our Conspiracy Show website. Just click on Roy's name, and that'll take you right there. Uh, I, I'm looking again at the uh, the live chat on YouTube, and someone mentioned, it just jumped out at me, the uh, the, the tank, tank man at Tiananmen Square. Uh, so what's the misremembering there? This was the, uh, the this brave individual that uh, was staring down a tank uh, in Tiananmen Square during that brief uprising, uh, which I believe was in, was that 1989? Something like that. Uh, what's the misremembering there, Roy? Well, I believe, and I keep saying this reality, that uh, he he does not die. And in my former reality, he does not die either. Uh, but there are a lot of people in which they say that he was run over. I believe I'm correct in, in saying here he, he was not. Right? No, he was not. You, I, no, he I didn't. Not, he was not. I, I remember someone grabbing him and dragging him off. Right. I, I remember. I remember him not dying. Also, see, that's what's strange. Uh, there'll be somebody who will have exact memories that I have. Uh, on on all the logos and the Kennedy and everything, but then they'll remember him dying, and I'll and I will not. Right. And so it's like uh, it's very bizarre. Uh, but it's it really uh, what it comes down to is frequency. We live in an electromagnetic environment, and it's all frequency. And um, that this. This thing that we're in right now is just a hijack of uh, collective consciousness by uh, artificial intelligence that they've had probably since the 50s. And uh, the hijack part of it is uh, the Mandela affected. And uh, that's basically it's what it is. We, the, the multiverse uh, is, is real. And uh, it's very hard to uh, to fathom and, and explain, but it is real, and, and they they know that. And uh, this is just a it's a, a basically a little a little uh, trap along the way, I guess you would say, to keep people from uh, evolving the way they should be at this time. Right. They're, it's almost they're dropping these little clues, hoping someone will take notice, and then we're all left chasing our tails, totally wrapped up in it, right. the same way we were with the Warren Report in 64, the same way we're wrapped right. up in trying to figure out what brought down the Twin Towers. Meanwhile, we're missing the big picture. Well, let me ask you this, Richard. Yes. How many buildings do you remember falling that day, 9-11? I remember uh, at, at, three. Three. I do too, but you need to go look at that now. All of them did. One through seven now in this reality collapsed. Uh, and so I remember three, you know, one and two, and then <laughs> miraculously Building. Building seven, seven by itself. Right. But not, not in this reality. You should go look now. You see, that's what's so different because uh, the Mandela effect, and, and everybody thinks uh, that it's. Uh, set in stone, but it's not. It keeps changing. I've seen the Flintstone, F-L-I-N-T, change to Flintstone without the T, back and forth four or five times now. Really? And uh, Yes. And so 
Is there residual evidence uh, of that? Do we have an old Hanna-Barbera version without the oh, teeth? Oh, there's a bunch of it, but because it's flipped back and forth uh, so many times, I would imagine there's a lot of residual evidence for that. But um, because this is not like uh, a solid reality that has its own parameters or rules, like the one that we came from, this one's ever-changing. Right. Because... Uh, all of the Mandela effect been going on, been going on. But I guarantee you, three months ago, if you asked somebody if Tyson bit off Holyfield's ear, they'd say yes, and I would too. But that same person who was not affected by the Mandela effect will question it now. If you tell them that, they'll they they more than likely will think that they've just misremembered the. the right. Tyson fight. And of course, Roy, and, what we are doing now is we are falling into the trap. We are doing exactly what they right. want us to do. Uh, right. I wanted to ask you though about the Hopi Indians and and uh, what, how does this line up with Hopi prophecy, if at all? Because you mention a Hopi elder on the back of the book of the Mandela Effect Ascension. What does it have to do with the Hopi prophecies? The the, the Hopi there's a prophecy rock, thousands of years old, and this it nails this totally. You can pull it up and look at it, but it's a. It, it shows uh, stick figures, and one of them is a great spirit. And one, and then there's a cube. Very interesting. You can get talking about cubes forever, but two lines out of the top, one out of the top of the cube, one out of the bottom. One out of the bottom is natural men. One out of the top is the lost, which is what we are to them. And at the very end is a man with two heads. They call it the man with two hearts. And then it looks like a bolt of lightning going up in the sky, which they say is the unknown. But right there, that is the Mandela effect. Right there is a straight line down to the the path which uh, natural man should be living. And that where that line comes down is right before the third and last great earth shaking, which is coming up. And the Hopi are um, guardians of humanity. They are, uh, they actually they actually are. It's a very it's something that's just tremendous, and um, their their prophecies uh, come from within, and uh, instead of from uh, uh, um, influence from out, from outside, it's, they're very very uh, spiritual people. I want to come back to the uh, the Toltec dreaming, um, and and um, how did you? How did you? Well, first of all, again, what? How does this Toltec dreaming work? And then, how did you learn how to do it? Well, there's you, <laughs> the um, uh, the same people that that I learned um, uh, that for eighteen months that I did these certain uh, peyote experiences, and I was being uh, instructed during those experiences. And but anyway, it's from them that I learned the dreaming techniques and what what the deal is we live in a duality but we ignore one of the biggest parts of it which is our nighttime dream uh what, during our waking hours is just our daytime dream but it's still a dream at night during our nighttime dream is the just as real as our daytime reality the dreaming techniques are more than just lucid dreaming uh, which is just waking up in your dream and you hear people all the time say, you know, oh, lucid dreaming, you can go where you want to go and you can fly, but that's it's very doesn't really have anything to do with anything. Uh, waking up within your dream, uh, lucid dreaming is only part of it. 
creating an energetic body that you can utilize in your dreams uh, is the second part uh, of our lives. There's this part that we're conducting now, and then there's that part. And then merging the two is where intuitive knowledge comes from. You no longer, uh, you, you don't read books, or I don't, I can't, you know, study anymore because I don't need any of that. I don't need mankind's interpretation of anything anymore. I, I just rely on uh, intuitive knowledge. But then the, comes, then the goal then is if, if, you are to, if you are able to wake up in your nighttime dream, uh, then the key is, I guess, for all of us, the ultimate goal is to be able to wake up in our daytime dream, which we, which we mistake for reality. Oh, there you go. You just nailed it. Ding dong, that's it. Ding dong, that's and, it. And, you, and, you, and the, what's keeping you from that is your, the belief system that's been instilled in you and that you, that you hold on to. You, don't, you accept that the world's round because everybody told you it's round, but you don't know. You have no way of knowing uh, you just accept that fact. Well, you got to, and very quickly, I, ex, I explain it this way. There's there's the truth, and it's a light. And if that light comes through your living room uh, a glass and hits your hardwood floor, there you go. But if it comes through stained glass and hits the floor, there's all different kinds of, uh, of colors and uh, patterns. That's your filter in your brain. The truth coming to you can't get to your heart because of your belief system. So you just have to kick out all those stained glass. You have to get rid of all that belief system until the truth is more than the stained glass. And then your heart, uh, intuitive knowledge comes through your heart. And it's not uh, knowledge from man. It is nothing that man can teach you. Uh, and that knowledge, by the way, has come to you for a long time. But you might not know how to uh, manifest it in this reality, and that's what the dream state is for. The dream, dream state helps you um, uh, manifest that intuitive knowledge in this dream state. The tonal and the novel. We're in the tonal right now, but when I go to sleep, I'll be in the novel. Fascinating. And uh, I'm so glad that we finally were able to address this issue on the program. Uh, we've sort of talked around it for years, and uh, finally we were able to dedicate an entire hour. Thank you so much for this, Roy. How do people get a hold of the Mandela Effect Ascension? Well, the, the, the website is uh, M-E, like Mandela Effect Ascension.com. And, but it's also, you know, wherever books are sold or whatever. But I think that's your best deal. If you do it there, you can get it for the best price. All right. I seem to remember the Mandela effect being effect being spelt with an A, but that that could just be me. I'm I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, again, thank. No, it's the effect that affects you. That's right. right. <laughs> Roy, Richard, thank. Always, always been a joy. Yeah. A pleasure, Roy. Thank you so much. Right. All right. All right. Bye-bye. When we come back, Douglas James Cottrell, conversations with the Akashic Field and more, plus your phone calls, geopolitics, earth changes, you name it. That's all in the future with Canada's Edgar Casey. Stay right here. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Live from Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. 
Well, thanks for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Hello to all of you listening in on our flagship station, Zuma Radio, AM 740, 96.7 FM here in Toronto. Howdy to all of you listening in on one of our affiliate stations across North America. Uh, the podcast, of course. Uh, for the podcast, incidentally, please check out TalkZone.com. Again, for the podcast, go to TalkZone.com. And, of course, we have to say hi to everyone watching the radio Yes, I said watching the radio on our YouTube channel, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Please take a moment and hit the sub button. We're sitting at around 6,000 subscriptions. We, we, we really want to get up to 10,000 by the end of the year, and uh, time is slipping away quickly. Uh, a special how-do to all of our faithful supporters, of course, in the live YouTube chat room. However, and wherever you are listening, watching, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes, and I thank you for your fine company. Uh, again, a programming note next week on this transmission, transmission for the entire two hours, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn will be here to discuss his new blockbuster, Paradigm. Uh, every so often, an individual appears who can demonstrate the ability to access the dimension known as the Akashic Field, uh, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell is one such individual. He's best known as the last of the sleeping prophets. His quantum meditation style is often compared to a phenomenon demonstrated by the likes of Edgar Cayce, Ross Peterson, and Paul Solomon. Douglas demonstrates many abilities studied by noetic sciences, including clairvoyance, telepathy, energy healing, remote viewing, predictions, and prophecies. He is one of the select few able to demonstrate all of these abilities and even fewer who are considered a reliable information source. He is the author of Secrets of Life, The New Earth, The Complete New Age Health Guide, Gems of Wisdom, Conversations with the Akashic Field, and Avatar, The Secret Life of Jesus Christ. Douglas, welcome back. Oh, we just lost Douglas. All right, we're going to try and get him back. Maybe he needed a reminder that oh, although he's joining us on the, uh, the the Hangout on Air for our YouTube stream, he needs to be on the uh, the phone at the same time. Okay. <laughs> we will get him back in, in a moment. All right. So let me just uh, take a moment to remind you again, Conversations with the Akashic Field. Uh, I think the last time we had Douglas on, that's what uh, we talked about. And we'll touch on that, but we'll also... Open up the phone lines, and uh, we'll talk geopolitics, earth changes, of course, what's, you know, staring us in the face, what's coming at us like a freight train. And uh, why don't I give you those numbers now? 416-360-0740. That's the greater Toronto area. Again, 416-360-0740 and toll-free from just about anywhere, one 740 4740 Again, toll-free, just about anywhere, 866-740-4740. And uh, we will take calls for Douglas Cottrell. Ian, any luck raising uh, Douglas again? Not yet. No. Go straight to voicemail. One sec. That's odd. All right. Something's awry in the Akashic field, my friends. We have lost the sleeping prophet, the man with X-ray eyes, Douglas Cottrell. 
All right, Ian is working diligently on the other side, trying to get him. If you're listening to us, Douglas, we're calling you, and the, and the uh, message is we're going right to voicemail. All right. Hey, we didn't have a winner for this week's uh, remote viewing experiment. Let me just, uh, for those of you who missed it, this was our hidden object in the cigar box. It's a Stanley Cup. Oh, I'm going to show that one up there. Okay, there it is, that camera. And here's what's weird. In the, uh, the live chat on YouTube, someone was mentioning the Toronto Maple Leafs winning the Stanley Cup. And uh, lo and behold, that's our object. All right, we'll, uh, we'll try again next week for another chance to win uh, perhaps a uh, Volume 2 of my Strange Planet CD. Uh, or you can always check out uh, our fabulous Conspiracy Show merchandise, mugs, T-shirts, hoodies, phone cases at uh, our merch store, online merch store, theconspiracyshow.com, theconspiracyshow.com. I tell you what, why don't we open up the phone lines while we're waiting for Douglas and uh, we can get people lined up if they have uh, questions for him. If there's something he'd, they'd like him to remote view, not to uh, forget that Douglas is also a medical intuitive. And um, I'm not sure if he's prepared to do that tonight, but we'll see if we can press him into service. Or if you have questions relating to uh, earth changes and so forth. Let me just throw it around the horn. Albert, I know you're a, a, um, a, a remote viewer in training, so to speak. You're on this mic over here. What do you want to know from uh, Douglas Cottrell? <laughs> oh, it, I guess this one's asked a lot. The, the lottery numbers. We're up to 20 million for 649. I don't think he's going to do that you, because you know you can't, when it comes to this sort of thing, there is this sort of this, I don't know if it's kind of the karma, the cosmic court that doesn't allow you to take advantage of that sort of thing. I, I'm guessing that's what he's going to say. I don't know. Yeah. He, okay. You want to, what about in terms of earth changes? Um, or geopolitics. Uh, yeah, you see, see I, I try not to try to get too wound up about that. Maybe some something like what's the good news? If you ask him if there's any good news, like when uh, that uh, announcement that Tom DeLonge made, like where's the free energy or something like that? Like what's uh, you know blocking that? What's the obstacle? Tom DeLonge, to formerly of Blink One Eighty Two, who mm -hmm. uh, has been working sort of behind the scenes trying to bring about uh, UFO disclosure. We were expecting a big announcement, and nothing has happened. Yeah, it's just sort of another letdown. All right. I think <laughs> we what, have— What's a, the good news? I guess I'd ask What's Douglas the good that. news? All right. Uh, we have uh, finally been joined by uh, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell. Hey, Douglas, how are you? I'm fine. Just a little panicked here, pressing the—trying to get the phone buttons to work. Uh, I was listening to the show, and all of a sudden, poof, <laughs> I disappeared. I but said I'm something— I'm fine tonight. It, wonderful. Uh, uh, this weather is, is really strange. But uh, uh, we're all hanging together again. The world seems to be falling apart, doesn't it? Well, if you listen to the news, it does. Um, I mean, when I, when I look, here's, we can get into the weather now because, you know, we, yes, we had some, some horrible hurricanes. Uh, you know, we had Irma and we had, was it Jake? Uh, we had a number of hurricanes. Maria, uh, yeah. Yeah. But my, my gosh, Douglas, it's hurricane season. And it's actually been about a dozen years since we've had any Anything, I think, above a, a, a three or a four actually make landfall in the continental United States. So we're kind of overdue for these, don't you think? Well, coincidentally, I wrote a book in 2011 and said that uh, Florida and the Caribbean would be hit with tornadoes on both sides of Florida, one after the other. <clears throat> and it took from 2012 till now to happen. 
so a little little quiet self promotion there on, on my new <laughs> art book. But uh, some of the other things that are happening, the, the heat wave that's going on in Spain uh, is absolutely horrendous. They're running out of water. Uh, you know, I mean, the argument can be said, yeah, we're going through this uh, cycle every so many years, uh, and it's probably true. But uh, I don't think it's uh, it's not it's not like a cycle where we're going to go through it and and we're going to go back to normal. The ice caps are uh, are um, melting uh, at a huge rate, which is destabilizing the Earth. And I've talked about in previous shows uh, why that's happening on your show, that is to say, mm. about the mantle, uh, the molten center of the Earth heating up, causing this, this heat wave rating up, heating the oceans and then heating the continents. Uh, with all this uh, nuclear testing going on in North Korea, I think that we're going to have more earthquakes because the crust of the Earth is destabilized. And the last thing it needs is some kick in the pants with some uh, atomic or nuclear explosions going on, you know, deep inside the Earth. So there's all these elements going on, but, uh, you know, thank God we live in Canada. Uh, but i got to say, we talked on your show a long time ago when you said, Douglas, you have a center in Hamilton on Hamilton Beach. What are you doing there? You said that <clears throat> Lake Ontario is going to rise, and now all the scientists are, are agreeing with that. And this recent spring or so, summer, it actually has happened where all the houses on the beach were suffering uh, gigantic uh, flooding in the basement. And my theory is that it was coming back through the storm sewers and pushing the water up through the basement, certainly cracks in the center. At many mentioned spiritual center, that was happening. But, uh, you know, there's Lake Ontario. And I can remember when I was in high school, people were predicting... Um, Golly, you know, like the lakes are going to—they're going down at a tremendous rate. <clears throat> they're going to be—they're going to—you know—we're going we're to lose the lakes. The lakes are going to disappear. Well, that—that's that's the extreme. I'm making that up, but uh, there were there were serious people saying that the lakes were evaporating. You know, what are we going to do? Water shortages. So, from then till now—and by the way, I was in high school in 1966. <laughs> <laughs> Not to date yourself. <laughs> anyway. Vietnam War, Beatles, you know, motorcycles and stuff like that. But I anyway. have seen pictures with you with with long hair. Yes, did you see that? Isn't I that did. Cool? That's on my website. And and by the way, uh, you know, uh, for the people out there listening, uh, we you participated very graciously in, in some uh, documentary uh, footage that we put together. And um, uh, I, I, I want to thank you, you know, give you a shout out and say that you uh, were very eloquent, very, uh, very direct. You got that up on the website very quickly. You just started this project and it's, and you've got some serious footage up there on, on douglasjamescottrell.com already. Quick turnaround. This is true. We have lots of viewers and, uh, so far there's only been a couple of death threats. <laughs> 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 uh, but no, I, I, it's been uh, it's been very well received, and uh, uh, that fellow Ed uh, that came up from New York to uh, to do the filming for us was a uh, professional, and uh, Doug Doug learned um, from him how to do some editing, we, and he gave us a fantastic program to, to edit. And uh, with Doug, my son Douglas, with a super talent, voila, there we are. But you know, do you remember how we first met? I mean, you know, I was uh, I was producing a talk show. Uh, the music is coming up. We'll come back, but uh, very quickly, I was producing a talk show at another radio station. Uh, the host was uh, John Hesslink, and um, I can't remember exactly whether you called me or whether there was a publicist that you had at the time. 
that was pitching uh, a psychic, and I thought, oh boy, here we go again. And um, I was kind of hesitant at first, and I remember listening to that very first show, my little uh, apartment on sh- just uh, south of Bloor on, off of Sherburne here in Toronto, and just, you blew my mind. Anyway, we'll pick up on that when we come back. Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, the man with X-ray eyes, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Peering into the shadows, where the truth often hides. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Dr. Douglas James Cottrell is with us. We're talking earth changes, among other things. Uh, I wanted to, before we go to the phones, and uh, people are lined up uh, as we anticipated to talk to you, Douglas. Uh, First of all, are you going to take any sort of medical intuitive type questions? Well, you're the host. Whatever you like, you direct. Um, We we would like to people, you know, it gets a little boring when people ask uh, questions about their health. I mean, it's boring to the audience. It's, it's, it's intriguing when I do things, but that's up to you. Uh, certainly people can uh, contact me, you know, for, for, uh, on a professional basis later if they, if they have some concerns, uh, douglasjamescottrell.com. But uh, it's up to you. Uh, it's wide open tonight. We haven't done this for a while. No, we usually have some fun doing this. And, uh, we'll take a few medical questions, but I think yeah, Earth changes. I think is uh, and and geopolitical, uh, the geopolitical scene is is sort of at the forefront. Speaking of Earth changes, let me get back. I want to ask you about these fires, these wildfires. Uh, well, I'll put those in parentheses. Some are suggesting that these aren't wildfires. I want to read an email here. This is from Walter, who is right in the heart of it. He says, as of right now. My hometown of Sonoma, California is on fire, as well as Napa, Santa Rosa, and surrounding cities. They all started around 9.30 p.m. That would be Pacific time. And then he says, here is a link to a fireball report in the sky the night all the fires started, which I believe was uh, around the 13th. The official meteor site, which is um, amsmeteors.org, amsmeteors.org. Now, he says this is the official meteor site. I don't know that it is. Uh, But all these reports of fireballs in the sky coinciding with these fires in Napa Valley and Santa Rosa and Sonoma and so forth. What do you make of these wildfires? What's going on? And are they meteorites causing these? Well, I never, I've been so busy with a lot of other things. Uh, I I predicted earlier uh, on my uh, social media that there was going to be uh, disasters with water and fire at the same time. And that intellectually, when I listen to the things I say, because I'm in this uh, quantum meditation state when we do these uh, sessions and and look forward, to me it's, uh, uh, I I question always, and I go like, how can that be? I remember once uh, I I was saying that there were going to be six uh, sunspots and a straight line show up on the sun. And I thought, no, nah, that can't be. And then it happened a couple of months later when it when it's still out on NASA photos. There they are. 
So I haven't put my mind to the cause of this, but I do know that uh, uh, if I can say helps on the way, I got the feeling today that there's going to be moving, uh, cold fronts are going to be moving in, the uh, um, the uh, jet stream is going to drop further south, and and there's going to be some uh, some salvation for these uh, wildfires. But I never, ever looked at the cause. I just thought, well, here we go again. California is always, if you've ever been to California in the dry season and you're from Canada, uh, and you see everything green just about all the year round. When you go to California and you see everything like this, this uh, brown, dry brown, like, and and you just touch the grass and it crumbles in your hands. Uh, that's when the the uh, seriousness of these fires that start on the on the sides of hills and go rearing up about them. Now, when I'm talking, chatting up here, I'm, I'm looking and I, I don't see things coming out of the sky, but I do see red spots or dots in the sky. So uh, I'm going to say it could be meteors that I'm looking at, but it, it could have been something else. I don't know. I don't. I don't see like usually I see a meteor coming in straight and striking the ground smack like that. But these are just red dots I'm looking at in the sky, so I'm, I'm going to have to say could have been could have been lightning or could have been fireballs or lightning balls, uh, ball lightning. All right. With so much going on in the world, Douglas, are you having fitful dreams lately because there's so much tumultuousness in the world? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, people ask me, I think you've asked me before how I do it, and it's true. My life is full of uh, um, horrific visions and scenes. That's why we wrote the book, uh, first, uh, The New Renaissance, 2012 and beyond, and then we rewrote it and expanded it, called it The New Earth. And many, many, many of the uh, predictions are coming through, uh, coming true, including what happened in Syria. And this is over a period of years, and uh, they're, so if anybody wants to know, have a, have a look forward, and they want to truthfully have a look at, at what's going on and not be uh, too depressed, because out of this, some, really, some good's going to happen. Uh, when I was in Spain uh, in 2011, I did, I had 11, 11, no, no, sorry, in 2011, it was an 18-page article in which I forecast all the things that are going on in Spain right now. And I took a little flack for it. I was staying with some people. They were they were lawyers, and they said, Douglas, or more like Douglas, you know, nada, nada. Uh, in other words, what you're saying is not going to happen. You know, riots in the street, people being beat up by the police, sort of Franco kind of mentality again, and uh, divisions and separations. And Barcelona had a dream where... Uh, it, uh, the whole city was surrounded by two lakes, one on either side, and I had never been there. Uh, when I was there later, I found there were two rivers on either side, that when the Mediterranean is going to flood, and now the official announcement in Spain is that the Mediterranean will rise between 5 and 15 meters. Like I had said, I had said San Sebastian will be underwater, which is in the north, by the way, and uh, it's all happening. And that's documented uh, in the Antar magazine uh, from 2011 or so. So uh, recently, and I don't want to get into too many politics, but uh, but I had a dream where uh, President Trump was standing on a podium. There was a great big window, arch window to his left behind him. And I heard him say, I can't see. And then he repeated it again, I can't see. And in a dream, uh, you know, you have that intellectual observance, and then you have that passive intuition watching. And I thought, oh, it's because the window light is coming in and he can't read the teleprompter, uh, teleprompter or his notes. And then when I woke up, I thought, oh, my God, something else is going to happen to him, maybe oh, a stroke or something like dear. that. But, uh, you know, I got dreams about uh, um, what's going on with uh, the weather. 
I go, I, my friends are in Florida, when, and I have dreams about people passing. I've been to three funerals this last week. So it's kind of like um, the psychic newspapers, and, uh, and, and when you, this is what I do for people. I always look forward. I'm truly a prophet. In other words, I see things that are of all levels, from the mundane, you know, fires and floods and politics, through to uh, wars and uh, uh, what's going on in the spiritual uh, contest that's taking on in the world. And there's so much hate now. People are killing their children. They're killing each other. And uh, where is it all going? Well, it has to go to some positive conclusion. And as I had said on your show before, I said the military aren't going to be the transgressors. They're going to be the ones coming to our rescue. And look what happened in Houston and Miami and uh, you know and Louisiana. The military is the first well-equipped, uh, well-organized uh, unit of people. It's what they do best. It really is. It's what they do best. That's right. Save uh, lives rather than take them. I want to ask you, you mentioned Syria, and I know it's not, it hasn't been in the news. Uh, it's going to be pushed off the front pages because of everything else that's going on. But what did you, you mentioned that you had talked about Syria in uh, the New Renaissance uh, book. Or yeah, I, came out I had of, said that uh, out of Syria there was going to come this, this wave of terrorism and it was going to, you know, a lot of bad stuff was going to come out of there. And that uh, there wouldn't be any war, but it was going to be, uh, in other words, it was going to be a world war, but it would be out of Syria would be the hotbed, and that's exactly what happened. And that book was written when? Uh, we two thousand. We started to write in two thousand and nine or ten when we did the research and reading. So it's been from it was published in, uh, as a new Renaissance in two thousand and ten, I believe, and then came out as the New Earth. And, and uh, no, it was published in two thousand eleven, and then the New Earth came out in uh, two thousand and thirteen. Right. Um, but and we have lots of people who've gone through that thing trying to prove me wrong. I, I humorously say, uh, when they ask me about the amazing Randy and his million dollar, uh, prove it to me, and I say, call him up and tell him, give me the money. <laughs> you know, he'll never do it. And uh, I, mean, I remember I'm going to give Ross Peterson a compliment because I put that to Ross Peterson a long time ago. I said, why don't you take this guy on and show him? And he said, oh, he probably doesn't have the money anyway, quote unquote. And so I learned not to be too distracted. But uh, uh, in, in the book, we were prompted, you know, uh, uh, by, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a very religious, spiritual man. I believe Mother Mary watches over me. I believe Jesus is, is guiding me. I believe uh, that we all have an immortal soul and that, you know, the higher levels uh, of the consciousness, this is what quantum meditation is all about, is touching upon those higher levels. It's not like transcendental meditation and and uh, prantic meditation and other things that have different purposes. It's, it's, a, um, it's a purpose to address and get a hold of the Akashic field, the Akashic records, which, lo and behold, the scientists are coming out and saying, yes, the little particles have a, have a memory or they have, a, they have some influence of thought. And, uh, oh, my goodness, there is this place that, you know, scientists that are coming out and saying there is this place called the Akashic field, this this place that we would call the middle heavens or, or the, the heavens above. It's referred to, Jesus referred to in the Bible as I go to prepare a place for you, uh, you know, and, uh, and many mansions, uh, referring to other dimensions or, or heavens or a place for us in the heavens above. So there is this real place that we're now tapping into, and because of the Internet and social media and devout people, people who are serious, open-minded people, they're beginning to see, like, yeah, this guy Cottrell can see the future, not just once or twice, but seems to be doing it like a thousand times. So the, 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 the future is foreseeable, 
if you develop your spiritual abilities, which are inherent, and, you know, it says in Corinthians, First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, um, there's a, a, st- a statement which rules my life, which says, Brother, and I will not have you ignorant of the spiritual gifts. And then it goes along and delineates uh, what these spiritual gifts are, which means that we all have this ability. I know you've demonstrated some on, on, in past experiments we've done on your show. You have a touch of that. Uh, Albert is, is developing himself very well. And as people begin to come and see these prophetic dreams, remember in, in, in the Revelation it said, uh, or somewhere there, it was said, old men will come forth uh, and uh, uh, seeing visions, and, and young men will come forth having dreams and dreaming dreams. And that's where we are now, because we're in such a time. Well, I want to talk about North Korea, and uh, we're coming up on a break here. Let me ask you now, and we'll okay. once the I don't music... See, I don't see any war. Uh, the, the more the rhetoric goes on, the more it empowers uh, this this man, uh, this maniac, to uh, uh, develop uh, his nuclear weapons. He still, China will never ever take the umbrella protection off him, no matter what it says, what it seems to be publicly. I have never seen any uh, aggression by uh, North Korea, uh, meaning where they're firing missiles. I, I don't think that he's extorting money from his own people. Uh, he is a true dictator, and those poor people in North Korea, uh, they have no idea what's going on in the outside world. And I can't say that like there is no idea. What I mean to say is, you know, they don't have the advantages we do, but they've been, they're full of propaganda, and they cannot say anything otherwise. Serious bad things happen to them. Do, do you see someone within Kim Jong-un's circle taking him out? That might happen because he's such an egomaniac, such a young guy. Uh, the older fellows are there. I can see a group of five, four or five of them. Right now I'm looking at them. They're sitting around a table, and they're, like, putting little white pieces of, like, they, let me say they look like round pieces of bone or checker on the table. And I think they're, uh, they're, they're like, uh, casting lots who's going to do this. Oh, that's oh, really? something I've just seen right now. I, 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 but I've never seen any any aggression outside. What I, do, what I think is going to happen to this country is that setting off these nuclear uh, explosions is going to cause massive uh, earthquakes. You know, right after he did that, there was this earthquake in, in Mexico, in Central America, I should say. So the Earth is, the earth is just so fragile, and so he might take, uh, he might take out a lot of, uh, of his own country. This is interesting. So you've just had this vision just now, just now where it appears... They've got those funny hats on, they're sitting around a table, dark all around them, and they're like throwing white pieces of something. It looks like bone or, or a white white piece of marble or, or a checker shape. Looks square shape actually. And I'm wondering if they're casting, uh, if that's interpreting that, if they're casting lots to take them out. To see which one of them will do the deed and take right. out Kim Jong Un. Interesting. All right, we'll keep a close eye on that. You heard it here first. Dr. Well, Douglas James Cottrell is with us. We'll open up the calls and uh, take those calls next when we return. Don't go away. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Douglas, did you see the uh, the front page of the National Post the other day? A big 
uh, blaring red headline that said Code Red, and then underneath that we have uh, these images of missiles being dropped from the air. One of the, they're highlighting the stories that are inside the edition. So you've got Code Red across the top, and then one of the stories inside is called Kaboom Times. Another one is Visions of Annihilation. Another one is Are We Ready? Uh, again, these are all talking about North Korea and the, and the possibility of nuclear war. I haven't seen, well, I wasn't around during the missiles, missiles of October crisis of 1962, but it's starting to feel that way. Well, bad news sells, uh, and people are making a ton uh, of these stories that are scaring uh, the heck out of people. Uh, I did not see the newspaper. Uh, I just haven't had time to read. I get usually my my news by listening to your show, Richard. <laughs> just like we rehearsed, Douglas. <laughs> so, uh, no, I haven't heard, but uh, it's the same as when uh, when the CN Tower went up, and I was around for the uh, Cuban Missile things, and that was pretty scary. I was a kid. Uh, I was about 13 or 14. And uh, it was like, uh, oh, my God, we were, like, biting our fingernails. And, uh, it, you know, when you look back, it was two guys facing off, a lot of rhetoric going back and forth, and Kennedy drew a line in the sand. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, it was scary. And, I mean, I grew up with uh, with teachers telling us how to hide under our desks in case there was an atomic uh, bomb. I had a Sunday school teacher telling me if, if an atomic explosion happened, he'd run out in the street so he could uh, be annihilated and meet Jesus. And I'm going like, oh, my God. But, yes, it's getting back there. This, uh, you know, remember the Mayan calendar said that uh, in 2012, December 2012, it would be a change of an age. And I, I said you and I have had discussions on the air that it didn't mean on that day that that was going to be, you know, like uh, walking through a door. It was like the beginning was, of a countdown clock. Right, and here we are. And the world, you know, from from 2012 to 2017, just five years later, oh my God, how different has it been? And we are in chaos, which is something that Casey and Peterson and myself have been using that exact world, word that the world would be in a state of chaos. So... It does sound like uh, back in the missile crisis, it does sound uh, like in the Vietnam War, there was a lot of stuff going on every night. It was people living in fear. And, of course, I think it was Jesus said, in the future, you'll, there will be wars and rumors of wars. And so we're a warlike people. You know, the, the world has a lot of bad in it. And it's the, it's the people who decide to do good, uh, the forces of light, uh, the people who uh, not only not only believe and are devout in their faith, but actually practice it, because there's a lot of hypocrites out there that say one thing and do something else. But the people who are devout, uh, the people who are out there trying to help and change the world when there's a catastrophe, everybody rushes down uh, like they have in the, in the uh, Caribbean to help people. It's just, this is the spirit that's within us. So... The fear of the bombs coming down, there's a lot of people making a lot of money, big, big money, with fake news, with scary news, with uh, all kinds of really bad stuff out there. But uh, this is where I try to say to people, as the Dalai Lama has said, you know, we, we have to curb our anger. We have to live in somebody else's shoes. But look yourself. Look through your higher mind through meditation or dreams, and you'll find where to move. You'll find, you know, if you're in a difficult spot spot. You'll see the future. You'll be given direction, because there are such things as angels out there. Jesus spoke to them, and I've spoken to them, or I have dreams of them. You, Whenever you go uh, into a situation, you will be warned or given some sort of heads up. And whether you listen or not, well, 
that depends on that is directly what's going to happen to you. All right, let me grab a quick call here before we go into the next break. Sean sure, is okay. in Sean is in Washington. Sean, welcome to the Conspiracy Show. Is that Washington D.C.? Hello, Sean. Are you there? I think we lost Sean. All I hope right. I'm not boring people here. Are you there, Sean? There <laughs> we go. Yeah, I'm here. All right. Are you in Washington D.C. or the state of Washington? I'm in the state of Washington in Seattle. Okay. Thanks for checking in. Your question, comment for Douglas Cottrell. Uh, by the way, thank you for having me on the show. And it's uh, thanks, Douglas Cottrell, for all the information that you've provided to help me out over the years. You're welcome. Um, but my question was mainly, what was uh, was there going to be a lot of like different types of, uh, I guess, changes, I guess, uh, environmentally? Like I heard there was a lot of flooding that was going to happen around this area, and I was wondering if I was going to have, like, a lot of purpose there or not. Well, I've, I've had uh, people from your part of the world ask me, uh, you know, if you're up high, Seattle and, and the West Coast, I've never been there, seems to rise up out of the, out of the ocean pretty quickly. So there there will be flooding because uh, the, the, the oceans are rising. Scientists are proving it. I was on Richard's show 20 years ago or more or less, something in there, talking about this. And now people are proving it. So if you're, I see, okay, specifically for yourself, I see you look like you're sitting on an island. You're up high. It's like a big hill coming out of the water. So does that sound where you kind of live? You're up high? And is the water uh, around you like that? Yeah, a little bit. There's a lake uh, to the west of us. Okay, so you're going to be high and dry, is the words I just heard right now. So you're going to be okay, but the water will be all around you. And that image I just had was uh, was where you are and then progressing a little forward into the future. All right, Sean, okay. thank you for checking in, and um, look forward to speaking to you again from the great state of Washington. All right, we are uh, heading into a break. When we come back, we'll get to Gail in Vancouver and Brandon, also in Washington, Shirley Ann in Toronto and others. I also want to talk to you about uh, decertifying, decertifying the Iran nuclear deal, and maybe we can talk about the future of Hollywood as uh, wow. things seem to be crashing down over there as well. Many okay. are saying thank God for that. Back with more of my conversation with Canada's Edgar Casey. Stay with us. The owners of the system are asleep. Now we can play. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. All right. Time is flying here. Let's uh, work in a call, and I've got questions as well. Let's say hi to Shirley Ann in Toronto. Go ahead, Shirley Ann. Hi, Doug. Hi, Shirley. How are you? I'm wide awake in a, <laughs> at this late time of night. What are you doing up? What can well, I do for you? I'm, I was waiting to talk to you. Okay. When are you going to come back to Toronto, you know, for one of your sessions? Uh, we have, it's, after February, we'll be making some big changes and more, we'll have more order. The things that have been holding us back in the last little while are, will probably be over in February. But uh, we have a lot of callers waiting, so uh, what can okay. I do for you tonight, Shirley? I'll get right to it. Okay, Doug, I have a problem. My husband has been diagnosed with um, cryo or krill disease. Have you ever heard of it? No. Nope. Also, he has a heart 
problem. He just started passing out. He's never been sick before. Okay, I see a restriction in the top of his heart, like somebody's pinching the valves or the uh, um, artery. It's not a carotid artery, but it's, it looks pink and white, but it's got a pinch in it, like somebody's got a little piece of string or a rope pulling around it. Uh, I would think this is something like a... Um, uh, uh, the membrane that surrounds the heart is pinching on the artery, and that's pulling, uh, it's choking the artery. So it might, it's a little bit of surgery. He could do some stretching exercises. I see him with his hands over his, over his head, pulling himself up, trying to get this, the sheath underneath. It's like a, it's like if, if he went and had somebody give him some fascia massage. That the, the fascia is between the, the skin and the muscle. That might relieve it without surgery. But otherwise, it looks like he's going to have to have a little bit of surgery. He's All right. Like, oh, Shirley Ann, thank you, and our, our prayers oh, go no. to you and your husband. We, our oh. prayers go to you. Okay, thank you. Okay. Uh, Brandon is in Washington. Is that Washington State or Washington, D.C., Brandon? Uh, Washington State. All right, and your question. Um, I had a question about um, uh, my karma and how to fix it. Like, um, do I have some kind of, like, horrible karma that's causing me problems in my life? Or Everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody does. Uh, here's how you tell. If you have the same situation coming up over and over again with different people, and you've tried everything but one thing, and that one thing you don't want to do because you're just afraid, scared, it will be difficult, whatever, that's exactly how you get rid of that karma. It's the same event coming up over and over again with different people. It'll be almost identical. Uh, and then, like, let's, for instance, somebody will come and, and uh, you'll be walking down the street and somebody will come out and scream at you because your dog's walked on their lawn. And then somebody else will come and scream at you because you're, you're just walking past your house. I'm, I'm being simplistic, but I'm trying to be fast. So the way around that is to go and tell a person off or to go, or, or go, get, the poli- go get a policeman and go back or, or get another person and go and try to make peace with them or something. So... But it's the one thing that you do not want to do that you'll avoid. If you don't want to take somebody to court and people keep stealing from you over and over and over again, then you have to you know, bite your tongue and take the next step and take people to court, no matter how difficult it is. Brandon, what's the one thing? difficult karma. Brandon, what's the one thing you're afraid to do that may be the cause of, of, of this or, or the one thing that's preventing it from stopping? That's, I'm not really sure. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Well, it's again. If, if tell me what the specific is, and I'll tell you what you can do. I'm I'm not really sure. I've had uh, quite a bit of difficulty with some confusions and things that I think I've imagined have happened in my life that may not have been going on, and I'm okay. I'm just okay. Well, then, lost. then then the thing is, you become Sherlock Holmes and you prove out your imagination. You know, you think people are talking about you. You go up and you say, "Do I have a problem? Uh, do you have a problem with me? Are you ta- talking about me?" That'll be difficult to do, but this has become, that's what the words come to mind. Be like Sherlock Holmes. Prove it out, even though it'll be difficult. And uh, you're just a sensitive guy, but uh, this happens to a lot of people where they think things are, are, are going on behind their back or around them. The way to handle it is you confront. That's your karma, confront. You go up and you say, okay, let's prove this out. So, uh, you know, did I offend you somehow, or can you help me? Uh, you know, did I get you angry, or did I do something? You know, please let me know, and I'll correct. Okay? All right. Out and your karma will vanish. Brandon, good luck with that. All the best. Right. Let us know Thank how you. it goes.
Thank you. I want to ask you about, obviously, the, a couple of things. Uh, obviously, the huge news, this horrible massacre in uh, Las Vegas. People are it's wild speculation. Uh, reports of uh, one, multiple shooters. We had a, a, an eyewitness who survived uh, the, uh, the shooting only to die. This was a 28-year-old mother of a, a three-year-old, I think, uh, who died of a seizure just after surviving this horrific Thing. She wrote everything down. She swears there were multiple shooters chasing people through casinos and so forth. What, what, what do you see, Douglas? More than I, one shooter? Uh, when I was putting my mind towards that, uh, because on CNN and other places, they were saying the, the police can't find a motive. I saw this man sitting up there laughing. And I saw him, uh, he was very calculated, and uh, what he wanted to do was to accomplish just that, that it was a big game. He wanted to prove that he had got, had covered all the bases so that nobody would know why he would have done this. Uh, I can see people uh, crouched down carrying ammo boxes, so he did have some help, but I don't think there was a second shooter. All right. Uh, let me ask you about the other big story, and that is uh, this this, well, a monster, really, yeah. Harry Weinstein in, in Hollywood. People are saying, uh, you know, conservative commentators predicting that this is going to be historic in terms of, you know, finally the, the, the Justice Department in the United States, the FBICA, are really going to start digging around in, in, in Hollywood, uh, you know, this land of hypocrisy where all of these actors, the Ben Afflecks of the world and, and, and uh, Jane Fondas who are, you know, lecturing other people now, they're getting their comeuppance because they were silent in the face of this horrible, horrible um, activity that was going on there, the abuse and rape of women. What's going to happen in Hollywood? Well, first of all, this is how it always is. Uh, you know, a wise man once said there are, uh, there are three things that can never be hidden and that is the sun, the moon, and the truth. If you look in life, and you'll see it even now, with not, if you go back not too long ago, you'll see there were a lot of people who were defrauding uh, people out of their uh, money, uh, bogus uh, investors. Bernie Madoff, yes. Yeah, they got caught. So this is the same thing. Now, the, the, the reality is it's, when, when we get that feeling of outrage about how this man could do it, we have to say, let's put ourselves in the position of somebody in show business who had to deal with this man. Because at the, rich, at the highest levels, and some of the richest people in the world are monsters. And they can get away with everything because they use lawyers to silence people. They use lawyers like weapons. And those lawyers, you know, somebody referred to one of them a little while ago as the Darth Vader of lawyers, you know, uh, not willing now to help this man, uh, to rep- represent this maniac. But the point is that, yeah, it's, it, this is the comeuppance here. The people who have been silent suffer. This is why it's always better, no matter what the risk. Uh, I've been asked, why do you why do, you do the things you do? I, I, you know, I tend to speak up. Uh, and I know you've had other guests on your show who have said things like they should have, they could have, you know, but they, for their own reasons, they didn't, but they felt bad about something. And, I, and I'm, I'm not going to be specific here. But the point being is that when you see something, go and do something about it, because this is your karma. Do not say, uh, well, he didn't do anything bad to me, so, I, you know, I, I can't help you. Or, uh, well, um, I, I, you know, I don't want to get involved. Those are those are the statements, or those are the attitudes that the people in Hollywood were covering, you know, using to cover up, but also greed, uh, you know, and and people who would be in showbiz. This man had the ability to to cut people off at the knees and 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 crucify them and and just sever their career. 
And when you're in the show business world, it's like no other world. It's it's different than business. But uh, the glamour and all those things that go along, there's always a, that, you know, casting couch and whatever. It's always been out there. But when something is horrible and enough people see it, you know, I, there was a, I can't remember the, the man who said it, but there's a famous quote that uh, says, only when things get so bad, only when, when things get so bad, that's when good men speak up that it'll end. And this is exactly what's happening. This is, this is going to go on. It'll go on for a while, and you're going to find you know, some people you thought were upstanding citizens were all of a sudden, whoa, they had their hand in the cookie jar, too. Right, right. Oh, this, this is going to go – this month. goes much deeper. Uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. On, the, the casting couch and the intimidation. No, and, I'm talking uh, about pedophilia in Hollywood. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. And that, that's the big – that is the, the tough nut to crack. But that's coming next, we hope, that they're going to uncover I, that I, because this place is just – it's just evil. I believe. Well, I, I think you're right. You you go to Hollywood and you'll see people who are starving on the streets and people who have gone down there. You're know, trying to be starlets and end up being sex slaves. Uh, it's just uh, it's uh, the den of inequity is is there because of the glamour and the and the the fortunes that can be made. You know, right. Overnight, people go from from almost nobody to a superstar because of Hollywood. Let me grab a quick call here. Todd is in New Brunswick. Todd, welcome to the Conspiracy Show. Well, he kind of stole my thunder. I was going to ask you about the, uh, the shooting in Vegas, but to, to be clear, he's saying one shooter? I, I only I saw question. one. I saw him up there laughing and playing a game, but I, I, I saw people crouching around carrying ammo boxes. So, In other he words, he had help, but he was, the one, he was the only one pulling the trigger. Makes you wonder right. help yeah. sometimes might be the, the, uh, the guy that stands next to the sheriff from the FBI, who's John Podesta's uh, father-in-law. Is his father-in-law interesting one? Another one on Kim Kim Young Jung. Um, I have always had thought of a theory as, as you know he's being put up to this by like China or somebody else or whatever, and maybe the end of game of this is to uh, somehow present or to, to show people that maybe Trump is crazy. So let's say uh, Kim Young Jung fires a missile. Uh, they in turn uh, go to the president. They say uh, something's on its way. They don't know the destiny of it. They only got 10 minutes. He says, get me the football. They give him the football. He puts the codes in, and then they don't take the order. Kim Young-jung then blows a missile up, says it was a dud. And now, in the meantime, Trump is exposed as being the guy that was going to create Third World War. Do you see anything well, like that? Um, that's very interesting and very creative thinking. But, uh, I, you know, I, I tend to observe things and, and try to keep my emotions uh, out, of, out of it. I'm a Canadian so when I talk about American politics, I always remind my friends that oh, I'm a Canadian. You know, I, uh, Mr. Trudeau is our guy sometimes. But anyway, <laughs> sometimes. Uh, the point being is that, um, yeah, I thought you'd like that, Richard. Uh, uh, there are serious, uh, your country has serious warriors and serious military people who are very, very highly trained. If anything went off the coast there, that's why all those warships are over there, and you can bet your your bottom dollar that Japan is reinforced. If anything came anywhere close that they thought was was uh, you know somewhat dangerous, it'd be blown out of the sky. Douglas, we got to run, Todd. Thanks for the call. Uh, and uh, again, DouglasJamesCottrell.com, the website. Congrats on the new uh, documentary, and uh, people can can get a sneak peek there on the website. Thank you, Douglas, as always, my friend. My pleasure. Always a pleasure to be on your show. God bless you. All right. Ian, thank you. Albert and uh, Ryan, thank you all. Back next week, Jonathan Kahn, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, Paradigm, the new book for the full two hours. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the
dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite, I'm coming home. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.